Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Before learning about Aviva IQ, I used to spend so much time managing my guest communications manually. Now, with Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated service, my workload has reduced by 80%. Did I mention it's free? Automate your Airbnb messages now at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pet. My name is Jasper. I will be your host together with Nicole Prentice-Williams, who is the Vice President of strategic partnerships of Hostly. Nicole, welcome. Hey, Jasper. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's great to be back talking with you about getting paid for your pad. <laughs> That's right. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm very good. I'm here in LA and and how are you? You're in Taipei, right? That's right. I'm still in Taipei for another week, a couple weeks. It's been a lot of fun here. It's my favorite city in Asia. So I'm quite excited. But before we get into the news about Airbnb, I have a pretty exciting announcement because finally, Get Paid for Your Pad is now available in audiobook. Woo! Yay! Awesome! <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. Um, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but never got to it. But now it's, uh, it's there. It's on Audible, which is a, an Amazon company. I use Audible myself quite a lot to listen to audiobooks. I think it's pretty awesome. And so if you want to listen to the book, you can find it on Audible. Just search for Airbnb and you'll find it. It's audible.com. And if you don't have an Audible account yet, you can actually download it for free. Because when you sign up for a free 30-day membership, you will get a free book. You can download any book for free. And so if you don't have Get Paid for Your Pad yet, you can now get it for free if you don't have an Audible account yet. If you do have an Audible account, then if you have any credits, you can get it for free. If you don't have any credits, then you don't get it for free. But if you have the Kindle version or the paperback and you want to get the audiobook in addition, then it's it's pretty cheap. It's only like four bucks or so. You can you can actually if you go well, that's to, close to free. That's very that's, close that's to free. free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, if you go to Amazon and you search for Airbnb, then you find the book and you can get the audiobook directly from Amazon as well. That's actually how I buy most of my audiobooks. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of audiobooks because they're very efficient because you can listen to them while you're doing something else. Like, for example, yeah. I go to the gym every day and I do 30 to 60 minutes of cardio trying to lose some fat. And while I'm um, doing that, while I'm on the treadmill, I always listen to audiobooks. So you can kind of do two things at the same time. Or when you're driving to work or you're sitting on the train, you're sitting on the bus, whatever you're doing when 
you can't really do anything else, then listening to an audiobook is just a great way to use your time efficiently. So Yeah, absolutely. I I usually listen to podcasts while I'm multitasking. But I'm I'm gonna sign on to Audible and get my free book. How could I refuse? And and share it with your friends. Yeah. You you are you not on Audible yet? No, I'm not. I need to. I'm going to now. Now That's, I have a reason. It's so convenient because you go to if you go to Amazon and you you want to buy a book, it's a one click process and it automatically downloads to your Audible app on on your smartphone. Mm. So it's a it's it's a really simple, efficient uh, process. Yeah. Awesome, streamline. Yeah. So um, oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention something uh, happened here at my Airbnb. We've talked a lot uh, on the podcast about what to do if there's damages, uh, how to get money from your guests and stuff, how to do the Airbnb resolution process. But now I found myself on the other end of the process because I was walking around in my living room here in my Airbnb in Taipei, and I kind of like stumbled, or how do you say that? Like I, I was about to fall down, basically. Yeah. And there's a closet in, in the living room that's not uh, set up against the wall. And so I, I, in a reflex, I, I pushed against it to prevent myself from falling on the ground. And then the closet fell over and it fell against the door. And now the closet is, it's pretty much destroyed. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But even worse, the, the door, the front door has, uh, has damage as well. Oh no. So I, did you contact the owner? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, at first I, uh, it took a few hours to to come down. I was yeah. like, oh, no. I was like, I feel terrible, you know, because this is the, I'm her first guest. And she's, oh, no. she's, a, she's a really awesome host. She's been, she's been so nice. And so I felt terrible because her apartment is beautiful. It's, it's brand new. And now, <laughs> so there's, there's this damage. Uh, so initially I, I just felt really bad. I couldn't get myself to, to, uh, oh, no. you know, contact her. But, uh, eventually I, I figured, okay, well, I just have to bite the bullet. I just have to let her know and let her know that I'll, you know, I'll pay for the damages, uh, and, and see how we can resolve this. So I, I contacted her and she was extremely nice. She told me, don't worry about it. I'll fix it. And I was like, no, like I want to make, you know, I want to, I want to pay for this. I want to, I want to help you. And she's like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Are you okay? I will take care of it. Uh, so she's she's really, really, really nice. But, you know, obviously, I'll, I'm definitely going to make sure that, you know, it's not going to cost her anything. I think I have mm-hmm. a liability insurance, so hopefully that will cover it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good, uh, good ending there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So far, yeah. So far, so good, yeah. Oh, I'm, anyway, are you you're okay? Yeah, no, I was fine. I, I, I just, like, kind of tripped over and, you know. You don't expect a closet to be uh, kind of freestanding there. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's 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 a bit of an interesting setup, I guess. Um, and it, it also, I it it falls over pretty easily. It doesn't take a lot. <laughs> so it's funny, but you know, it'll it'll be fine in the end. So let's talk about some news. There's uh, a bunch of news stories out there that I posted in the Airbnb news group, as always. And one thing that I want to start with is a story about Cuba, because the Cubans are making quite a lot of money with Airbnb, which is really cool, I think, because, you know, the Cubans, they, uh, it's, you know, life is, isn't that easy over there with, uh, you know, there's a lot of restrictions, obviously, on, uh, 
entrepreneurship and for people to uh, to make some money. And so I think that it's really cool that Cubans are now allowed to use Airbnb to to make some extra money on the side. And they've been doing that because they've earned nearly $40 million by hosting tourists in their homes in 2000. Since they started in 2015. So, yeah, a couple of years, it sounds like. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Good for them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's uh, the article uh, lists some interesting figures. Uh, $40 million in revenue paid to Cuban individuals since April 2015. The average number of nights Cuban hosts share their space per year is pretty free. $164 is the average amount paid per booking. And the average age of the Cuban host is 43 years old. And the average annual payout is $2,700. And 58% of Cuban Airbnb hosts are women. Hmm. Interesting. So, some interesting figures. But uh, what I also wanted to talk about is... so. It used to be not allowed for Americans to go travel to Cuba, right? The only way to get to Cuba was, you know, you have to fly through Mexico, you have to fly through Europe. Right. And recently, the the regulations have uh, have eased a little bit. There's now a lot of direct flights uh, to Cuba. I think JetBlue was the first one to open flights to Cuba, and a bunch of other companies uh, followed. So now it's very easy to fly there. And you're, as an American citizen, you're also allowed to fly to Cuba. However, there's a rule that states that it has to be for one of 12 reasons. You can't just go there to lie on the beach. It can't just be for tourism officially. Now, I don't know. You know, everybody's going for tourism. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know how this is, how they, maybe that makes them feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how they check this, but, but in any case, the law states that you can only go to Cuba if the trip falls within one of 12 categories. And these categories are like visits to relatives or academic programs, professional research and a bunch of other stuff. But one of the categories is what's called a people-to-people trip. And, well, that's that's in the category of uh, educational. And basically, it states that you can go to Cuba legally if you spend a significant amount of time on activities that produce meaningful interaction between the traveler and individuals in Cuba. Hmm. And uh, this article points out that if you are staying at an Airbnb in Cuba, that that would qualify as, you know, significant engagement interaction with, with a local because you're, you're staying at somebody's house. Right. And so I would assume like uh, nearly, I mean, the high percentage are home sharing. They're not going to be vacation properties by any exactly, means. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it is an education for sure. That's why people want to go there. That's what kind of tourism is. You're educating yourself. So uh, what's surprising is that Airbnb, I haven't seen any capitalization on this, like, you know, that you could be, you know, breaking the law if you stay at a hotel, because what are you actually learning? I mean, come to come to the homes, live with the people, find out the culture. Surprising they're not they're not doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or I, I haven't seen it if they have. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. Uh, I just I just saw it when I when I was reading this article. But again, I don't know if if you fly to Cuba and you stay in a hotel and you just lie on the beach. I get I, I 
find it hard to imagine that somebody will actually track you down and find you or something. But, yeah. you know, according to the, the letter of the law, that will be breaking the law. So for the people who, you know, who for their own conscience or for their own, uh, just to be safe, they, they don't want to break the law, then staying at an Airbnb will be a good option. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely falls within the 12 categories. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, have you ever been to Cuba? I haven't, but we have many friends that have been going and um, find it interesting. Um, some have said that, uh, yeah, they just find it really interesting. Don't go for too long, though. I hear there's not a ton to do from <laughs> from my uh, from the stories I've been getting. Yeah, so I, I went in 2006, mm-hmm. so about 11 years ago. And I, I don't know if it's changed a lot since then, but I had an awesome experience. I, I went for two weeks. I, oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I hung out at the beach in the Varadero. So Varadero is a tiny little strip that's uh, completely full, you know, with, uh, with resorts and hotels. So it's, you know, that's, that's for like chilling on the beach, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I rented a car and I drove through the, the whole country almost, uh, which was really awesome experience. I don't know how much has changed, but back then it was, you know, you pick up hitchhikers on the, on the street. There's very few cars on the road. There's all these really old American cars, which is really yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, I actually think uh, I was I was sad to leave. I, I actually want to stay longer because I was. Oh, really? It's, it's okay. Quite a big country still. It's. I actually think uh, I definitely recommend renting a car and exploring the country and not just staying in Havana mm-hmm. or, or in Varadero for that matter. I mean, there's a. Uh, I think there's definitely a, lo- a lot of cool things to see. So. Um, Definitely recommend everybody to go there, but because I also imagine that in the future things will, you know, probably change. Right. And you know, now Cuba is like really unique. I mean, where do you find cars that are made in like 1930, 40, 50, 60? Uh, you, you don't right. find those cars on the road very much anymore, right? Right, right. And all the amazing music that's around, live music. Is, um, are you planning to go back? I don't have any plans as of yet, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's been ten years, so I'm kind of curious to see how uh, how things are going over there. Yeah, I think you're due. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Hosts, if you're anything like me, you have multiple standard messages you send to every guest. I used to copy paste those messages every time I had a new guest, but then I learned about Aviva IQ, and I'm an absolute fan. I copied my repeatable messages into Aviva IQ and told it when I want each message to be delivered. Now, all my guests get personalized check-in messages and personalized check-out messages at the exact time I want them to, automatically. I also use Aviva IQ to send a message to guests when a vacancy exists after their scheduled checkout day and invite them to stay longer. It's amazing how it's turned into free money for me on multiple occasions already. So sign up for free at www.avivaiq.com. You'll be glad you did. There's another few articles that talk about China. Airbnb is supposedly there in deal talks with a local rival called Tujia. I think which is the the biggest it's their biggest rival I believe in in China. Airbnb has is officially established in 2000 
15 in China and they, you know, it's the second largest online travel market in terms of digital travel sales. So it's a, it's a really interesting and big market for, for Airbnb, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, all the other companies have had a lot of challenges and problems establishing themselves in, in China, like Uber pulled out a while ago. Google has, a, has had a lot of struggles there. So it's, it's interesting to see if, if Airbnb will be able to sort of conquer that market. And instead of fighting the, the local competitors, apparently they're in talks with uh, Tujia to either strike a partnership or maybe even acquire them. Right. If you can't beat them, join them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Airbnb has said that they're moving very slowly and carefully. They're learning on the lessons of uh, American companies that have gone in there before and maybe haven't done that well. So they're they're moving slowly. Um, Tujia is not that new either. And they're pretty big. I mean, they they were just um, valued at over a billion. Um, and they're actually, you know, this other article says that they're trying to raise 300 million more to expand their operations. And they bought a lot of small companies along the way. So they're, they're quite big. It would be a big win for Airbnb, I think, if they could partner with them somehow, just because they're that homegrown rental platform that's so huge there. Um, I think they have, I read somewhere, almost half a million properties on their platform. So that would be, that would be great. Of course, they're saying no comment. They're not, Nick Pappas hasn't said anything yeah. about what's going on. Well, it's interesting that the GS valued at a billion dollars and that Airbnb in March this year raised a billion dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, who knows? So Airbnb is quite quite bigger, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe they'll use that billion dollars to uh, to buy them. Yeah, yeah. But they've also appointed a finally appointed a head of operations, a gentleman by the name of Hong Ge. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So they definitely uh, seem to be serious about making something happen there in the Thank very you. near future. Yeah, says he reports directly to Brian Chesky and they either they had a search. Yeah, they had a long executive search here. It says, you know, they had somebody from the U.S. out there for a while, it sounds like, and uh, finally bit the bullet and brought on somebody local who knows knows the market. So this could be, you know, getting closer to that partnership. Exactly. Yeah. And this guy, he's a, he's a Yale University graduate. He's worked at Facebook and Google. So he definitely has some experience in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another article that came out on eMarketer that talks about the traffic that the various hotel and accommodation sites have received in Q1 of 2017. And for the first time ever, Airbnb is the number one on that list. Airbnb drew 107 million visits to its website, which is an increase of 31% from 2016. Very cool. They're right. That's more than booking.com, which was at 92 million and, you know, much more than these big uh, hotel companies, Marriott and Hilton, which were less than half of the visits. So uh, very impressive. And, oh, wow. Even HomeAway, which is at 26 million so that's a quarter yeah so airbnb has four times more traffic than home away trivago is number nine vrbo is number six at uh, yeah. at 42 million so vrbo is 
quite a bit bigger than HomeAway, but they're the same company. So I guess if you add, well, I don't know how many double, I don't know how they count the, the visits, but um, if those are unique visits, then VRBO plus HomeAway together would be about 66 million, which would be about 60% off Airbnb. But I wonder if anyone's ever going to be able to, to regain the number one spot. I wonder if Airbnb is going to be the number one for a very long time. I imagine they probably will be. Yeah, I mean, they're very distinct compared to all of the other companies, which are kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, dinosaurs in the travel industry. So Airbnb is the newest, the freshest. It says that uh, millennial users are, are the ones that are visiting. So, I mean, why would they go backwards? Why would they start yeah. visiting some of these older ones? So what I would see is, somebody new taking the Airbnb spot potentially at some at some date, but not one of these people moving up, one of these companies. Yeah, because if you look at the, the growth percentages, which are also listed, like mm-hmm. Airbnb's traffic. Right. So this is Q1 2017 versus Q1 2016. Mm-hmm. Airbnb's graphic grew 31%. Booking.com only grew 7%. Hotels.com only grew 3%. Marriott a lot of negatives 8%. there. Yeah, but did you look at HomeAway? 20%. Yeah. I mean, they're creeping up, but they're very small still as yeah. far as view. So visitors. I don't see any of these overtaking Airbnb anytime soon. And and like you mentioned, they did a, a survey of internet users in North America. And 30% of respondents aged 18 to 34 used sharing economy services that gave them a place to stay, such as Airbnb compared to just 11% of those older than 35. So it seems like the the people that are using Airbnb is, is quite a, a younger crowd. And, and that will probably be, I imagine the people that are, that are younger than 18, they'll probably start using the sharing economy even more than than those people, I imagine. Because those are, you know, if you're, let's say you're like 10 years old now, then you basically, you know, you've never lived without there being sharing economy platforms available. So it's, it's kind of like part of your upbringing. Right, right. And actually, speaking of underage, I'm just going to throw this out. We got a request um, this week, actually, from two Chinese students to come stay at our home in Los Angeles. And we had to decline it because they're, they said, we're not 18 and we're coming unaccompanied and we're coming to look at colleges from China and, um, and they were underage, but you know, I mean, well, at this point they'd have to bring a chaperone probably on any platform, except for maybe a hotel, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, that's the younger generation for sure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we should probably, we'll probably see more growth when it comes to Airbnb and other sharing economy platforms, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. I love the sharing economy platforms. (laughs) <laughs> great <laughs> awesome well um let's see there were i didn't really see much other news do you have anything you want to mention um no i think that i mean oh the barcelona barcelona's cracking down which i thought was very interesting that they actually have people on the street cross-referencing um some of the illegal rentals illegal short-term rentals in barcelona um that was really interesting. I hadn't seen that before. Yeah, the city has doubled their inspectors from twenty to forty. And so they're and they're they're even planning to 
to get it up to a hundred by next year. So a hundred people walking around the streets trying to <laughs> trying to find illegal Airbnb listings. Wow, if they really must be having some type of housing shortage there because you know you hear you hear of crackdowns in cities, but you don't hear about people on the street actually the employees actually trying to crack down. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's there's quite a bit of uh, local resistance there. Um, sure. the, according to the council, there are 16,000 holiday rentals in the city, of which nearly 7,000 are unlicensed. But they also, they also are planning to not renew any licenses. So the licenses that are out there are also going to expire. So mm. it's... Now it seems like they're they're really looking to completely ban uh, any sorts of home sharing from the city. Yeah, and of course Airbnb says whatever their housing problems are, they're not part of it. They're actually helping some of the locals have more income and uh, help their quality of life. So I don't know, maybe Barcelona needs to take a good look at themselves and see what's what's going on with their housing. Yeah, I mean it's always kind of the debate, right? Whether okay. uh, whether Airbnb takes properties off the residential market and which drives the prices, or people renting out spare rooms or renting out their apartments when they're out of town temporarily, helping them to be able to uh, pay the rent. So that's always that's always kind of the discussion that's that goes on between the between Airbnb uh, enthusiasts and uh, sure. and and the opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining. Thank you, Jasper. And hope everything is going great at Hostfully. Yeah, very good. And uh, oh, I was just going to say we just launched a new user interface, so it's been keeping us busy, and we've been getting some great feedback. Um, We kind of upgraded for mobile because seventy-five percent of our users are using the guidebooks on mobile, so it's been a busy time for us there, and lots of lots of new features. So it's been great. Awesome. That's good to hear. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll speak to you in a few weeks. And for the listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Go check out the audiobook on Audible if you're interested. And we'll see you back in a few days. Bye bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet Get paid for your pet